1: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This week's episode is brought to you by The Sleep Scout, a leading infant and child sleep consultant. The Sleep Scout is owned by Lucy Burns, a certified infant and child sleep consultant and registered nurse who's dedicated in supporting parents through the journey of teaching your little one the very important skill of sleep. If you're struggling with the early morning wake-ups, routines, nap refusal, excessive night wake-ups, then look no further. Simply contact Lucy via Instagram at the sleep Scout or thesleepscout.co.nz with the promo code Kiwi for 10% off a sleep package. The Sleep Scout by Lucy Burns, a leading infant and child sleep consultant. In this week's episode of the podcast, I speak with Jess Britton about the birth of her beautiful baby daughter, Stevie. Jess takes us through her birth center birth and also her hypnobirthing journey and a few techniques and tips that really helped her with her labor. So I really loved recording this episode and listening back to it when I was editing it. So I really hope that you guys enjoy it too. Hey Jess, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure, Jordan. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Sure. So my name's Jess
0: Britton and I have a lovely fiance named Warren and we have a little eight-month-old daughter named Stevie. Um, and we live in Auckland in a historic hall that we've been converting into a home. Uh, we've been documenting the process on Instagram for the last few years, but it's now mostly just pictures of Stevie, which is fairly predictable. <laughs>
1: yeah amazing I love your Instagram I love not only the house pictures but definitely the uh, pictures of Stevie as well she's very cute yeah
0: oh thank you I'm an unapologetic baby spammer now yeah
1: absolutely and what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys were you trying to get pregnant with Stevie do you want to take us through that yeah sure um it was quite
0: interesting we Oren and I had spoken about starting a family and we've been together for quite a few years um but we hadn't started trying and then I, um, reasonably suddenly needed surgery to remove a large cyst on my ovary. It wasn't a dangerous one. It was just a dermoid cyst. So like a big mass. Yeah. Um, and they ended up having to take out a portion of my ovary and they also treated a reasonable amount of endometriosis, which they found when they were in there. So ended up being a bit more of a kerfuffle than anticipated. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I felt kind of found, fine about it, but just before we were heading into theatre, into theatre for that first surgery, the surgeon came in to say hello and kind of reassure me. And he decided that it was an appropriate time to give me the test results for, um, the AMH test they'd run. An AMH test, um, is a test that in loose terms tests the anti-malarian hormone, which indicates your ovarian reserve. So he'd run this test just as a, um, kind of precaution to give us some more information on how my fertility might be or um you know what it was at before the surgery so we could retest afterwards um and the result was 2.5 which is kind of well into the red zone um he kind of to liken it to something that I could understand he kind of said that was he'd expect to see that in someone in their early 40s or late 30s yeah so not not ideal and I was um I just turned 27 at the time and I, even though I was about to have the surgery, I really wasn't worried about it at all. It hadn't really occurred to me that my fertility might be affected and that it might be difficult to start a family. So it really shocked me and I wasn't, (laughs) wasn't that thrilled about to go into surgery. Um, but yeah, the surgery went well. And then after that they ran a bunch more tests just to see how my ovaries were functioning. Um, and a more AMH tests, um, but unfortunately that number hadn't really changed following the surgery. So they referred us to a uh, fertility specialist, Dr. Mary Bird's or fertility associate, and she was just fantastic. Basically, she just um, told it like it was, wasn't looking great. <laughs> um, she recommended that if we did want to have children that we do a round of IVF, even just to freeze um, the embryos as a portionary measure while we start trying naturally um and before this time I'd had a um marina so we hadn't been trying so unfortunately we didn't qualify for funding um and anyone who's been through IVF knows it's a very expensive exercise (laughs) yeah yeah so anyway we we ended up doing the IVF and ended up with a couple of embryos in the freezer um and then we started trying naturally for around eight months um and they'd recommended that if we didn't get pregnant naturally after six months, then we went back and did another round of IVF. Um So we were kind of over that cusp and I was like, I was just feeling a little bit dejected and gutted because yeah. I'm quite the optimist. And even throughout this process, I just didn't really think that we'd have trouble. And you know, I think there was that naive optimism of going, Oh, it'll be fine. Like, even though this has happened, it'll be totally fine. um then I felt like we'd ticked all the boxes of what was being recommended to us. And then I was like, okay, we'll do the IVF. That can be our, you know, potential second baby. And then we'll try naturally. we'll get pregnant straight away and it'll all work out fine. <laughs> and after eight months, I was like, Oh no, this isn't <laughs> how it's supposed to go. Um, but anyway, after eight months we ended up conceiving Stevie, So it did, did work out. Um, yeah. So then we, we found out we were pregnant and it was pretty exciting. I think, um, I don't know if anything could prepare me for that. I, Even though we'd obviously really wanted to get pregnant, I was so shocked when I found out, (laughs) Yeah, which is a bit ridiculous considering how long I had to prepare, but it was, it was really exciting. Very surreal feeling.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find out? Did you, were you having regular periods at that time or what were your symptoms?
0: Yeah, I hadn't actually had a period and, uh, well, I'd had one or two after my surgery. So they took my Marina out during the surgery. Um, yeah. And then after that, obviously, we stopped using contraceptive, but I was recovering from surgery, so there was not a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I hadn't really had a lot of regular periods. I'd had one or two just to make sure that I was ovulating regularly. And then um I was about to go away for the weekend. Um And what happened? Gosh, it feels like a distant memory. Now I was about <laughs> to go away, and I just thought I, my period was due in a couple of days, and I just had this feeling and I went and got a test and um, I think I had one actually that the doctor had given me. So I did it at home and it was like the faintest double line. And at that time I didn't even know what a double line meant because I had banned myself from doing tests. I had this as the first pregnancy <laughs> yeah. test I'd done because I was, I just didn't want to get into a cycle of feeling really
1: yeah. gutted
0: each month, which I already was, but I thought the test would just really be Um, the straw that brought the camel's back. So this is the first test I'd done. I was like, what does two lines mean? I kind of read the packet over and over again. I was like, oh my gosh. And my friend messaged me and said, I'm about five minutes away and we're heading away to like Rotowedi. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to see Warren for another couple of days. What do I do? I don't know if this is, you know, in my head I was like, no, no, this is very faint. It's probably nothing. So I ran to the pharmacy up the road and got another test. And then my friend pulled up picked me up and I decided to go keep going away for the weekend anyway, just because I didn't want to be um at home disappointed if it ended up not being a thing wow. um so I was like right I'll wait until the next morning the pharmacy said it'll be a lot stronger than if it is positive and of course I couldn't sleep that night and I didn't really want to tell the friends I was away with because I wanted Warren to be the first one to know so I woke up at about 5 a.m and did the test and it was like very very positive so overnight <laughs> it had already um you know those HCG levels had risen so um, yeah it was it was positive and i just sat there like a stunned mullet for the next two days my friends must have thought i was really bizarre um but yeah i was very excited to get back and tell warren and um when warren got home i said i'll oh, come upstairs i've got something to something to show you and i called his name when he came walked on the door and i was sitting on the bed and he just walked in and he's he you straight away because i was grinning like
1: a <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. And did you have many, um, early symptoms or anything like that?
0: No, I hadn't even missed my period at this stage. Um, so I was probably only three to four weeks pregnant, um, three weeks and I, yeah, I hadn't had any symptoms. And then a week after that, when I was around five weeks, um, I got hit hard and fast with morning sickness (laughs) all day. Um, and it really escalated. Very quickly from there, and I was super, super sick um 24 hours a day. It was mostly nausea. Like I would liken it to being kind of hungover and motion sick all at once. Um, but it just was relentless. And so I was being sick a couple of times a day, but um not to the point where I needed to be admitted to hospital, thank goodness. Um so yeah, other than that, I was just, you know, tired and really sick all the time. So I just spent most of the time in bed, to be honest. I was lucky um, from the point of view that I could work from home. So, um, my clients didn't know that I was lying in bed feeling like, I'm <laughs> yeah. but I really, I found that time quite hard emotionally. Cause I had wanted it so much and then I w- all of a sudden it arrived. And because it is so relentless, it's not like, Oh, I feel sick for a, a week and then it's going to be over. I was like, Oh my God, I yeah. might have months of this. And I just didn't, I just, it was so hard. It was absolutely awful. Like at the time I remember crying to Warren and just saying, I don't know if I will ever feel normal again. Like I just felt so in the depths yeah, of yeah. that horrible sickness. And I just didn't think I was capable of feeling normal again. It was yeah, really not nice for a while there. Um, but that lifted around 16 weeks. I um, stopped taking all the meds they gave me and i had to have IV fluids a couple of times and stuff but by then it started lifting and then around 20 weeks I was like okay I'm I'm me again so after that it was just all the normal symptoms of pregnancy being tired and um, sore and needing to pee 24 (laughs) seven
1: yeah awesome and did you have a plan I guess you'd been trying for a while so had you thought about what um model of care you wanted did you want to try and birth in a birth center or a hospital or what were your thoughts there
0: um, I actually hadn't, I had, uh, intuitively I, well, I just guess I know that I'm, I lean more towards wanting to be in a natural environment. Um, I definitely knew that I wanted it to be as stress-free and as, um, medicated as medication free as possible, but I hadn't thought about the logistics of that and who I'd contact and who I'd ask for that and how it would all go. I kind of just wanted to wait until I actually got pregnant, um, yeah. because it was so, you know, we didn't even know if we would be able to, um, So I just didn't want to count my chickens before they hatch, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, So once we got pregnant, it was like all of a sudden, all of these things. And I guess that contributed all of the, you know, having all those things to organize so quickly contributed to me feeling like, wow, I've had all this time to prepare. And I just felt so shocked, (laughs) Um, which is ridiculous. But yeah, I I phoned around, jumped online, looked at findmymidwife.co.nz, which felt like so bizarre just that you're embarking on this really yeah. important stage in your life and I'm googling how to find care but I, you know <laughs> yeah. it's just normal but yeah I found um or deliberated between having a midwife and an obstetrician and I didn't really know what was best because obstetricians are significantly more expensive um I kind of felt like oh god is that the better option you know that's kind of how your brain works yeah, unfortunately yeah. um and then anyway, I ended up deciding that it wasn't wasn't what I needed. Um, it wasn't going to be a high risk pregnancy from the outset. So I definitely wanted to try and have a midwife and I just landed on my feet. I phoned quite a few, but then found this one woman who sounded nice on the phone. We met with her and it was just like Cinderella moment, like sort of just fit. And she was just awesome and such a wonderful woman. Um, she had a wealth of experience, but was also very, um, very relaxed and supportive. And, um, she understood my, needs, which was for somebody to, um, align with me with our plan A, which was to have a natural birth either, um, probably at a birthing unit. Um, but we're still pretty open book on that at the stage. Um, but also I wanted somebody who was going to support us no matter what, like if I decided I wanted a Caesar or, um, i wanted, you know, all the pain meds under the sun. I didn't want anybody yeah. that was going to go oh, No, that's not what I do. I'm only a natural birth person. So yeah. Yeah. We just, um, got really lucky finding somebody that, Totally aligned with our values and our needs at the time. Um, yeah, so that, that was awesome. And, and looking back, it just, we got really lucky because I didn't know what I was looking for. And, um, now I know that, you know, obstetric care can be really great, but there's also a higher rate of intervention. Um, and when I made the decision to go with a midwife, I actually didn't know that, but, uh, you know, obviously that was important to me. So it's funny how these things work out that um, I now have that knowledge on my side to make a more educated decision. But at the time, you know, we just ended up at the right place by chance almost.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what was the rest of your sort of pregnant pregnancy experience from there? How were you feeling emotionally and what were you sort of doing to try and prepare?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I felt incredible. <laughs> I loved being pregnant so much. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, it, it, I don't mean I didn't have any of the negative symptoms. I think just for me, all of those little niggles were so far outweighed by the miracle that was happening inside me and just how much we wanted this baby that – feeling sore and sleeping badly and slow and needing to pee and all those things just didn't, they seemed so inconsequential to me. I was like, I can manage this. And maybe it was a contributing factor. It was just that I felt so horrific for those first yeah. weeks. So um, any, any improvement of being able to get out of bed and just move and feel good was fantastic. But um yeah, other than that, I just felt incredible. I could not believe what was happening inside my body and what a blessing it was to be carrying life. I just
1: felt like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. And did you end up going to any antenatal classes or anything like that to prepare for your labour and birth?
0: Yeah, we did. We did, um, a traditional antenatal course, which, uh, rather than going once a week for, say, six weeks, we did the one that went on this all day on a Saturday. And I'm really glad we did that. Um, as I felt kind of all the information was quite top line. It, it, um, was really fantastic from the point of view where it gives you this base level Fundamental understanding of, um, you know, baby 101. It's like how to change a nappy, how to bathe them, what to expect at the hospital, those really practical things. Um, yeah. and I have a little band of nieces and nephews and I've nannied in the past. So none of it was overly new to me, but for Warren, I think it brought us onto the same page. He hadn't had a lot of well, any experience with only really little babies. Um, and it was important to me that we were on even footing rather than me teaching him things which could be perceived when we're both exhausted and trying our hardest as like patronizing or annoying it was just like yeah to go in there on you know even footing we both had a similar amount of knowledge and um and we just knew that there was nothing key missing out so rather than actually learning heaps it was just learning that we there wasn't anything we didn't know if that makes sense um yeah. So that was helpful. And then the other one we did was hypnobirthing, which was something our midwife midwife recommended to us. Um, I was like, Oh gosh, this is going <laughs> we're going to show up and you know, the teacher will be in harem pants and they'll be in face burning. <laughs> yeah. And I like, Oh, we're going to be like the most normal, like not normal. That's not the right word, but we're going to be the most no, really. straight laced people here. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and I was like, Oh, we're going to look so, it should be out of our depth. And um, we showed up and it was just the most amazing group of really diverse um, parents to be and this fantastic teacher. Um, and it was just awesome. We really, really loved it. The teacher went through um, a whole lot of little mindfulness and breathing uh, visualization techniques. And then also just taught us a bit more about the physiological changes your body goes through to prepare for birth, which I found really comforting because I think a lot of the fear that people have and I was in the back of my mind was, oh my gosh, giving birth must hurt so much because I know my body how it is now, but to rewind and understand that your body changes so much in those nine months of pregnancy, um, to, to prepare for that birth, uh, you're really in a different physical state. So I found that really comforting. Um, and yeah, they do, you know, fear sounds a bit hippie dippy, but fear release exercises and stuff for people that have a bit of trauma or fear attached to the uh, notion of giving birth. Um, so yeah, I, I, we loved absolutely loved that course. And I knew that I was going to be using a lot of the techniques we learned in it. Um, but that said, I didn't find it. I, I also knew as was practical, <laughs> practical from the standpoint that I wasn't going to breathe my baby out. Like I was going to have sure. to push. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I took it with a grain of salt. I was like, this is great. I love what they're doing here. I love what they're teaching. Um, but I, I know I'm going to have to push this baby out. Um, so yeah, definitely took it with a grain of salt. Um, I also read a book called Birth Skills by Juju Sundin, which I, it was like a Bible to me. I actually only got halfway through it <laughs> before Stevie arrived. Um, but cross between the hypnobirthing and that book, um, Birth Skills, I just found those two things married really, really well for me and gave me um, a healthy, fearless mindset um, and also practical skills and techniques that I could use throughout the labor. So yeah, those, those two things were my lifeline for sure.
1: Yeah, cool. And did you end up going into labor spontaneously? How far along were you? Do you want to talk us through that?
0: Yeah, sure. So I was 40 and three. Um, and I was still, I mean, I felt like big and stuff, but I felt fine. I felt pretty good. Um, I, you know, I just was like cruising along, feeling, feeling fine and went to a, um, Check up with my midwife, just a standard one. And she, oh no, I must have been a few days before this, must have been my 40 week checkup. Anyway, I was with her and she said, oh, but no, sorry. It was the day before. So I was 40 and two, um, and went for this checkup with my midwife and my sister had actually come up to meet the baby or for the birth. (laughs) Um, and obviously baby had not arrived. And so I went to this checkup and I said, oh, Victoria, my midwife is there anything I can do to bring on this birth? You I know, expecting her to be like old wives tales. I was like, go it, go to a hot curry. Um, and she was like, Oh, have you heard a stretch and sweep? And I hadn't. So she was like, great, I can do one now. So she did a stretch and sweep and, um, said that my mucus plug was already gone and I was already three centimeters. And I was like, huh, great. <laughs> hadn't hadn't felt anything at this stage. So she was like, we don't, don't need to rebook our next week appointment. You'll have this baby in the next, you know, couple of days. Um, so I left and then went and frantically did as many jobs as I possibly could (laughs) like driving around all like picture framers and like just doing all of these things that were on my back burner list. Um, and after that, after the stretch and sweep, which was totally fine, it was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I kind of felt, I just, I knew the baby was coming. I was like, right. It wasn't necessarily pain. It was just a little bit uncomfortable and I didn't know whether that was like, Signs of labor or it was just discomfort from the actual stretch and sweep. But, yeah. um, you know, I went to lunch with my mum who was also up from Christchurch for the, or to meet the baby for the birth. And, um, I kind of just knew I was like really restless and I you know, knew the baby was coming. So I went to sleep that night and woke up at about 4 a.m., um, again, quite restless and went downstairs, ate half a banana. <laughs> just flopped around. <laughs> And I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Like, I'm having, you know, period kind of cramps. But I was like, right, I'm just going to go back to bed. And then pretty quickly, within about half an hour, I was like, this is definitely labor. <laughs> this is yeah. it's happening. Um, so, yeah, I was just using my breath. Um, I was listening to this rainbow relaxation uh, recording that I had been listening to for the last couple of months. Just, um, you know, doing all the things that I had been Uh, training myself with, so to speak. So just listening to my affirmations and things like that. Um, At about 4.30, I got out of bed and I decided that distraction was the best thing for me at that time. So I did the washing, tidied up, and was like vacuuming around the house and stuff. Um, (laughs) And I wasn't wanting to kind of launch fully into the high energy, like baby's coming, it's happening thing, um, in case it didn't happen and then I was disappointed or anything. So I didn't wake Warren up. I just continued on for as long as I could, uh, managing it by myself. And I think about 5.30 or 6 a.m., I worked for it up. And I probably left it a bit late. Like I woke him up and I was like, I'm in labor. <laughs> I need you right now. <laughs> and this is it. I need the support. Um, and he was really great. He got up and I just gave him, I think, you know, 10 minutes or something. He just quickly sent an email off to work saying, you know, I'm not going to be in. <laughs> um, you know, it's happening. Baby's coming. Um, tidied up those loose ends and then we just launched into a bit of a rhythm using our mantras and movement um distraction techniques and visualization techniques that i had been practicing so things are progressing pretty fast um and it was you know sun is rising and i was being my annoying self like and take a photo of the sunrise <laughs> 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 i want to remember this and he was amazing he was just like yep your wish is my command like no judgment yeah. <laughs> do whatever you need um and, you know, things are progressing quite fast. I was, um, counting, I was using the stressful, I was doing the exercises that we'd been taught in hypnobirthing, um, I was using my voice. So one thing I found helpful was, um, the notion of vocalizing that pain and like matching your pain with your movements and your voice. So, you know, just using my voice, however I felt was needed, um, and my breath, and then I was sick and I remember my sister saying, Oh yeah, you'll definitely be sick in labor because I was. <laughs> That's just tends <laughs> to be how these things go. And so when I was sick, I was like, Oh yeah, this baby's here. Baby's coming. This is great. Um, and about 7 a.m., we text the midwife and, um, just said, you know, Victoria, this is what's happening. We started timing contractions a while ago. So we knew it was progressing really fast. Um, and then about 7.30, I got in the shower. And things were getting really intense by this stage and I was less um, less myself and I was more on autopilot and I was going into quite a deep zone. Um, that would be the best way I'd describe it. Uh, and then I was only in the shower for quite a short period of time before I just felt like I needed to keep moving and doing other things. Um So around, you know, 15 minutes later, I got out of the shower and I put on the TENS machine, which we had just hired from our midwife. Um, so we'd had it at our house for the month prior leading up to rather. Um, and yeah, pop that on. And that gave me a really great sense of, um, or maybe it's just the illusion of control even. Um, so when the contraction started, I would, um, boost the current. Um, and that was, you know, gave me something nice to be able to do and feel like I was, um, kind of in control and going with the flow and helping, helping it somehow. And around six 30, um, Oh, that she, yeah, Victoria would arrived around, sorry, 8.30 a.m. Yeah. Um, Victoria, my midwife would have arrived. Um, and when she arrived, I was already kind of having the urge to push, but I didn't really know that it was the urge to push. I was just like most yeah. comfortable in the toilet and like kind of grunting <laughs> like an animal. Um, <laughs> and I kind of got the shape and stuff. And she came in and she was like the most calm, zen, amazing woman ever. She's like, I'm just going to do a quick check. You know, you're looking really great. Um, and she just looked at me and said, fantastic. You're fully dilated. <laughs> we oh my can goodness. have a lovely, yeah, we can have a lovely home birth right here, or you can hop in my car right now. We can go to birth care. Um, and that was our plan to birth at, at um, birth care in Parnell in Auckland. So I decided that birth care was the best thing for us. So we, Uh, I hopped in her car just in case the baby came while we were driving and Warren followed us in our car, which was all loaded full of everything under the sun, baby (laughs) related. Um, so we were driving down Ponsonby road. It was just the most surreal experience. Um, and I still had my TENS machine on at this point and I was managing really, really well. I was still very, very focused on what I was doing. I was very in my zone. I wasn't, um asking her for a lot of help or advice I was just super focused on what I needed to do um and we arrived at birth care and it was well the drivers probably about 15 minutes um and at some point she accidentally took like a diversion down a dating and I was like oh my <laughs> god this is <laughs> yeah this is like oh comedic um but we got there and um you know I had to stop lots that like you don't go anywhere in a hurry when you're in labor. So I was just really cruising and, and wandering really slowly and was sitting at about 80%, so I was going to have the baby on the steps. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is going to be, but I just couldn't move. I was like, right, like during the traction just stopped and she was helping me. And I was like, this is potentially where my baby's going to be born. Awesome. And there's people walking in and out. It was about 9 a.m. at this point. Maybe, oh, she would have been a bit later, 930 30. Um, but yeah, we arrived and my midwife had very smartly called birth care and told them that we're on the way. So they'd run the pool um, and we just wandered straight in. And as we're warning in, I was really worried. I was like, where's Warren? Where's Warren? Like he needs to be yeah. here. The baby's going to be born literally any second. Does he know where we're going? Like, does he know what room we're going to? And I just kind of imagined it almost like a hospital where it was really big and we might get lost, but of course it's not the case. And um he was in there in the same room within a couple of minutes. So I yeah just took off all my clothes like Warren like clicked my fingers <laughs> he just came over and just stripped <laughs> me down and I just no one gave me any permission nor guidance I just literally wandered straight into the pool and I um was on my knees kind of leaning against the edge and Warren was just down there facing me and I was just pushing he had the birth affirmations playing on our little I don't know when he did all this, but I don't remember him doing it, but he'd put on like the little LED candles that I'd had in the back and stuff. I think if he'd asked me, I would have been like, no, I don't care. But he yeah. just quickly chucked all the candles and put the affirmations on, um, which I actually found really, really helpful because I'd been listening to them so much. And every time I had listened to them in the lead up to the birth, I had been practicing my breath. So I think having that trigger, hearing that sound made me remember um, just to stay focused with my breath and um, it became kind of second nature to really breathe deeply and um and focus on that. So yeah, that was good. Um and I was just pushing in the pool, doing all of these little kind of exercises and breathing. And again, I was just so, so focused. Um, you know, there could have been Oprah Winfrey dancing beside me and I wouldn't have noticed. I was just <laughs> yeah. right in my zone. Um and yeah, I was Warren was kind of reciting some of the key words to me that I I think I I don't know at the time if I had told him to or whether he was just doing it. Um, but, you know, I'd, one thing that really helped me was remembering that it's a healthy pain. So what you're experiencing um, is different to the regular pain that we've experienced until this point. You know, throughout your life, if you stub your toe or break a leg, that's yeah. something wrong. So it's, it's a bad pain. And that's the only pain I'd ever experienced was pain in the negative sense. And I had really tried to remember that. Pain of labour and of birth was a positive pain. So, you know, my cervix was thinning. Every time I felt a contraction, I'd tell myself and I would say it aloud, I'd just go healthy pain, healthy pain. This is a healthy pain. This is exactly what you want to be feeling. Um, and he was helping me by saying that. Um and then at 1028, Stevie was born. So yeah, it was really calm. It was um I mean I'm so lucky it was just the Dream, dream birth. Obviously, we worked really hard, but I would be remiss not to acknowledge an element of luck and um, genetics and all of those things. You know, we we were just very, very lucky um, to have our dream birth. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing. And did you have any tearing or anything like that um, throughout the birth?
0: Yeah, I did. I had um, a really small tear and some internal grazing. I um, didn't feel it at all. Uh, I had no idea. I wouldn't have guessed. Um, and funnily enough, I wasn't, I've never been afraid of giving birth or, um, of labor that never set me off, but just the word tearing. (laughs) When I thought about it before I had a baby, it really frightened me. And yeah, that was the thing that I was most anxious about was skin tearing. It was just so visceral and just, Oh, I could just visualize it. Um, and I was so shocked when I, gave birth and you know i had her on me and it was just the most beautiful moment and then when they examined me i was like i had no idea that i I'd teared and so that would be one thing i just if anyone has those fears just not to worry about it there's so much going on in that moment and um yeah, you, yeah. well for me it wasn't a prominent feeling i, I wouldn't have known that i teared if no one had told me i didn't have to get a, a quick stitch so yeah yeah so once stevie was born um we i just hopped out of the pool it was really funny i was like I felt quite normal quite quickly. So I had, they brought her onto my chest. I flipped her around. And, um, once we figured out that she was a girl, cause we didn't know that. Um, and you know, obviously the cord was still attached, which was something that was important to me delayed cord camping. Um, I kind of just looked around and I was like, do I stand up? Do I, what do I do here people? Um, so I just kind of stood up and walked out of the pool and I felt completely normal. Um, other than a bit jittery, like low energy. And then I went and sat, um, sat down on their mats they have the birthing rooms at birth care are beautiful and really practical so we just sat down um and had the baby on me and um she checked me out and then this is where it all gets a bit confusing to me but she checked me out and then I um she obviously explained that the placenta is going to be born I hopped on the toilet I changed positions a few times and just so kind of wait for the contraction and then push again if you can. Cause it was about half an hour afterwards and it hadn't come. Um, and yeah, eventually I was like, nothing's coming. Like it re- I just felt completely normal. I was like, it's so weird that yeah. it's something else I had birthed, something else. Cause I'm just, this is just me now. And I don't, I wasn't having contractions really like slight cramps, but nothing that I felt like I could push through. Um, so I was just pushing regardless of a contraction. And, um, I guess it was about an hour later that I was in to So It was a while. Um, But yeah, birth birth that. And that was a really strange sensation. Again, when you birth a baby, you're like in this other world. Like I just felt like in a parallel universe, I was so focused on what I was doing. It was very surreal. Whereas when I birthed the placenta, I was very, I was completely myself. So that was strange. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But they did, I I bled quite a lot afterwards. I don't know if it was before or after the placenta, but I, they did have to inject me with, I don't know what it was, something to stop blood loss. Um, sure. Yeah. But I was pretty calm about that. My midwife just, you know, I was like, oh, I was standing up at the time, walking, and um, it was a bit of a horror show. It was like literally everywhere, all of forward. And she was like, don't worry about it. it going <laughs> yeah. to do something about this? Um, can I give you, you know, you know, you just hear the seriousness in their voice. You kind of were speaking faster and a bit more like, right, are you, do you consent? me to give you this blah 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 whatever this addiction was and I'm like yeah whatever you need to do go for it fully trust and I, I think I had Stevie on me at this point so I was like you do whatever you want yeah. I'm so happy
1: yeah awesome and did you plan to try and breastfeed did Stevie latch on while you're in birth care do you want to take us through that
0: yeah sure um yeah. so breastfeeding was very very important to me I knew it was something I wanted to do um and I again I didn't really know like. I didn't know that they tried to let you try to latch them on straight away and that I didn't really have any expectations about timelines or anything. Um, but when I had her on my chest, she like a little gopher just kind of wheeled up my chest and latched on. And I remember looking up and literally asking my midwife, I'm like, she's latched on. Is that Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she was like that's great that's perfect um so she, honestly she was like a little gopher she just found the boob and yeah. um yeah let's go and I just remember looking down and it was the weirdest sensation obviously I think there's so much um innate femininity tied to breastfeeding and that can set quite high expectations and a lot of pressure on women um but I felt it was so foreign like this little baby sucking on my nipple it was beautiful, absolutely amazing. But it was a, a, just from a physical standpoint, it felt so strange <laughs> yes. and you do it just quickly, but you know, it's, it is really unique. It's not something that I obviously ever experienced before. It was really, um, really amazing, but a beautiful, beautiful thing to know that you're nourishing your baby was really powerful for me.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And did you spend long in birth here? Yeah, so we um
0: after well, a couple of hours after we uh got all cleaned up and they weighed Stevie and um I she was just a colossal baby. <laughs> she was uh about nine and a half pounds and I oh, like that wow. was my first thought when she came out. She I was like, holy my allowed to swear. holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, She's yeah. so bloody big. Um I can't believe that just came out of out of me. Unbelievable what the yeah. human body can do. But um yeah, so they weighed her and cleaned her up and the center, all that kind of stuff. And then the really nice thing about already being in birth care was we literally just wandered up the stairs. I tried to be a bit of a hero. I was like, I can walk. I feel fine. <laughs> um, so we got halfway down the hallway and I was like, I don't think I can walk anymore. I'm seeing stars. So I, I think it was yeah. just the blood loss. Um, so I hopped in yeah. a little wheelchair and we just went up a floor. Um It was kind of like being honestly, it was like a baby hotel. It was just fantastic. I feel so privileged to live in New Zealand where this is um, a free service offered to New Zealand citizens. It's just amazing. So yeah, we stayed there for a couple of days um, and Warren stayed the whole time as well, which was really awesome. Um, they bumped you to a high priority of not having to share rooms if you birth there. So we didn't, we were very fortunate. We didn't have to pay anything else, um, but we did have a private, well, we had a double room that didn't ever end ended up having anyone else in it. So um, we just hunkered down and went into our own little world with our baby girl. And um, yeah, just, it's really intense. Like that first night listening to her make all these crazy noises, babies are loud <laughs> and you just, I, I don't think I slept a wink. I was like, Oh my goodness. This is so intense. How am I ever going to sleep ever again? It sounds like I've got a little <laughs> piglet in the room. Um And I, was really anxious about making sure that I was feeding her enough because you can't tell how much you're feeding them. And yes. my my milk had started to come in, but it was just colostrum that she was getting at this point. And um, she wasn't latching on for long. I didn't know it was normal. And all the midwives at um, birth care were fantastic, but they all tell you different things. So, yeah. um, you know, one, one midwife said, um, she should be feeding for 20 minutes or something. And I, that made me feel so anxious. And it was an anxiety that I had never experienced before. It was like the deepest, you know, like yeah, just this urge to protect and provide for this little person. And I felt so um, just powerfully sad. And uh, I just really wanted to be able to give her what she needed. And I wasn't sure whether I was doing that. Um, and it was just hormones, I guess, but just, I just wanted to be able to give her what she needed. So, um, we continued obviously trying to feed her on the breast, but I also, um, had help from the midwives just expressing a little bit of colostrum into syringes and then giving it to her. So it was literally like five mils of colostrum, um, at a time going into her mouth, which is such a small amount, but obviously they're so tidy. So, um, yeah. and that just set my mind at ease. Um, I just knew that we could continue with her trying to feed and she was definitely getting at least a little bit of what she needed from, um, the hand expressing, but the hand expressing is funny. Like I was just felt like a cow. Like I was just sitting there (laughs) helpless and this lovely woman who I met, you know, 10 minutes beforehand was just sitting there squeezing my boob. And it was just so normal. Like we're just chatting about something rather. And, you know, you just, um, you just do whatever you need to do to, to provide for this little person.
1: Yeah. And so you went home after a couple of days?
0: Yeah, we were in birth care for the, I think it's three nights um, for basically as long as they let us stay for free. <laughs> yeah. Um And oh my goodness, the cheese and um, ham toasties from there. Like if you're about to go to birth care, you can order those any time and go yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after a couple of days we left, we came home and I, again, I found that so emotional. I think I just spent... I was just crying nonstop since she was born. I just thought it was the most beautiful experience. You know, it was overwhelming, but just the intensity of the love was phenomenal. So we came home, and my mum, who had come up from Christchurch, she was actually leaving later that day, unfortunately, because it was all, we were a little bit late, but. Um, she had you know put on a heater and cooked a whole lot of dinner and snacks and put flowers in the house and so we walked in oh it makes me tear up thinking about it so we, we walked in and it just felt like stepping into oh my gosh I get all emotional it just felt like stepping into our new life and it was just so beautiful you know coming yeah. home with your
1: daughter is such a dream yeah you're gonna make me uh, cry I'm, <laughs> I'm pregnant <pretty good>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. sorry about that yeah. <laughs> go to the water
0: work but yeah I just yeah. felt like um, everything we had worked towards and gone through was just in that moment just worked out so perfectly. And I was so grateful to have this healthy daughter, which is an incredible privilege. Um, yeah. So yeah, just really beautiful, beautiful moment coming home with her. And then we basically locked the doors and stayed at home for about a <laughs> month just finding our feet. And yeah. Warren luckily had taken two weeks off from work. Um, And we just plowed into being parents and it was really beautiful, but very intense. You know, you're um, just fighting for any sleep you can and there's all these expectations on what it should be like. And you're trying to provide for this little person, but you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. But I think for me, I expected Well, I'd heard about the, um, hormone drop that comes at day two or three. And Mm -hmm. I was very prepared for that, which I thought would come in birth. year. Um, but I experienced that and I think it was partly hormones, maybe a little bit of, um, I wouldn't go as hard to call it postnatal depression, but it was three weeks where I was just, I was, you know, could cry at the smallest thing (laughs) and it wasn't, Sears of sadness. It was just, I was so overwhelmed by the newness and the foreign experience that we were going through and yes. just the power of love that I felt. And, you know, people would go, oh, she's so beautiful. And I would just burst into tears and go like, I know I can't believe it. <laughs> and I just couldn't, I couldn't look at her or talk about how amazing she was without crying. Yeah. But I'm also a very, very sensitive and emotional person already. So those hormones and just how powerful it was was um yeah, that was the seal of the deal for me. But after that, um, you know, Warren went back to work and that was pretty scary. But after that it was you know, I found my feet and, um, yeah, we, we did really well. Feeding was going really well for us. I had all the normal, um, growing pain, so to speak. You know, it was tough and it was sore nipples and things like that. But, uh, overall the journey was really great. I was producing milk and, um, she was latched on well. Um, yeah, but it was never, it's not an easy thing. I would really encourage women to have a lot of, um, kindness towards themselves and be, just super aware that it's a learned art and it is a beautiful yeah. thing to be able to provide for your baby, but it's not, um, I think loving your, well for me, loving my baby was intuitive. Feeding her was not, I really needed help. I was lucky that my mum um, was a Leche uh, League, um, instructor, which is a international breastfeeding group. So she had lots of breastfeeding experience and really was there to support me and taught me how to feed lying down and you know a few different things that were really helpful and every time I latched almost I had somebody there you know was my midwife or the birth care staff or my mom just to look at look at her and it was you know it took weeks of that practicing this new yeah. skill to be able to feel like I was doing it right and obviously all of that time you're pretty uncomfortable and like you know you're holding this you, I just look like a robot, like you're like, shoulders are all tense and your hands are there and you feel like you can't move a muscle or else you'll bump them and they'll come off and you're so tired that you just can't bear the thought of them coming off when you've got them on. <laughs> so, yeah, I would encourage women to just be so kind with themselves and patient and and ask for help. Definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. It's so important. Um. So one of the other things I did during pregnancy was I kind of tried a few uh different things kind of off the traditional path so one was evening primrose oil capsules which you insert up your vagina um, and it's supposed to soften your cervix so i don't know whether it works or not i'm definitely not um claiming to have research that shows otherwise but um yeah i i tried that i did it for i think it was at least a month beforehand. Um, and yeah, and I had a whole lot of leftover pills and now I just take them and make my hair nice. So (laughs) great. (laughs) Um, and then the other thing I did was use an Epino machine. Um, it's like a little device that has a balloon on the end and you effectively inflate the balloon down, you insert the balloon into your vagina and then uh, inflate it a little bit and it's supposed to help, um, I guess, stretch or prepare the skin down there to prevent an episiotomy. Um, and yeah. again, I don't know... I'm not claiming to have like scientific evidence that it works 100%, but I was like, I'm going to try all of the old wives' tales and strange things that I hear, because why not, right? Yes, yeah. um, yeah, so I use that pretty much every night, again, for about a month beforehand. Um, and I definitely it's a bit of an investment. I it, it costs like a couple of dollars or something, but can't put a price on your vagina. Can you?
1: <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Th- those two things. Um, oh, and, uh, what else did I drink? The raspberry leaf tea. Um, yeah, but I guess all of those things, made my labor, my entire labor was six and a half hours and my pushing was probably about an hour. Um, I don't know whether those things helped, but, um, yeah,
1: I'd recommend trying anything you can. And do you think that you'll bring another baby into the world in your little family, hopefully, or do you think that Stevie has just completed your little family perfectly?
0: Oh, we would love to have another one. Absolutely love to have another one. Um, Yeah. yeah, we've got, as I said, those two embryos in the freezer and I think, um, we, you know, there's, after they make it through the thawing process, there's a 50% chance whether they take, to, you know, stick and become a pregnancy. So through those two embryos, we could end up with two babies or we can end up with none pretty easily. So we are, um, you know, that's a great backup option, but not guaranteed. And there's every chance that I am now infertile, um, just through the natural path that fertility takes. um My AMH level indicated, and it may not be the case, but my AMH level indicated that I... Um, my, that hormone is really low in me, so I'll probably go into menopause very early. And, um, obviously that means I will, yeah, won't be able to bear children for that much longer. So, yeah, we'd love to, but I just don't want to put any pressure on myself. So, um, yeah. we are going to enjoy Stevie for as long as we can because <laughs> it's such an intense, beautiful journey. And then when, um, when we feel ready, which, you know, if we got pregnant tomorrow, it'd be great, obviously, but, um, otherwise, you know, maybe a year or so, we'll start thinking about whether we, whether we want to. Um, yeah, would, would definitely love to add to our family if we can.
1: Amazing, and I think if you had another little Stevie, I'm sure she or he would be just as perfect.
0: <laughs> the babies—they would never end. All the poor people that follow our Instagram <laughs> for renovation, <laughs> and interior design ideas—we just um you're boring them silly with pictures of a very cute baby. But tough, tough luck. She's my absolute life right now.
1: Becoming. <laughs> <Yeah, we're> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Jess. I really appreciate it. And I think it's such a lovely one that our listeners will get a lot out of. So thank you.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I really, um, I feel super powerful about women being empowered to birth however they choose to. And um, I, it's such a privilege to be able to share my story and hopefully there's something in it that women can take. And um, yeah, and Just know that whatever they choose to do, um, they can do it well and be empowered with that, that tale they go through.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad.
0: High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.